Welcome to Until We Arise podcast, where we bridge a divided people to loving community, empowering resources, and a compassionate Christ. This is Rachel Caban, the founder and CEO of Until We Arise, and I'm so honored to take us back to the very beginning of our Love Is series with a message entitled, Love Is Perfected in Us. Enjoy this rebroadcast. Hello and welcome to Until We Arise, Fall 2022, and I'm so happy that you're here. Until We Arise is a nonprofit organization that is called to bridge a divided people to loving community, empowering resources, and a compassionate Christ. My name is Rachel Caban, and I'm so proud to be the founder and CEO of this ministry. And so um, I have a short little message for you, and I hope that you will enjoy it. Today is our first episode in our series called Love Is. And so for this message, we're coming out of the book of 1 John. And 1 John chapter 4, verse 12, it says, no one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us and his love is perfected in us. So the name of this particular message is Love Is Perfected in Us. Love is perfected in us. Um, for me, this is really empowering because two years ago I wrote a book about perfection and I did this deep series about like in in the book of Matthew, when, when Jesus tells his people to be perfect and I wrestled with that concept and I began to understand that the word perfect did not mean that I was flawless. It did not mean that I was, um, behaviorally perfect, but it was more so awareness and an acknowledgement of being complete. And so, okay, if he says, no one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us and his love is perfected in us. God is calling us to live in a way that not only acknowledges him in our everyday and receives his love, but he partners with us in this understanding that his love is perfected in us, not just by receiving his love and saying, oh, I'm complete because, or my love is complete because I've given it to you, but his love is made complete or perfected in us, matured on this earth and in this planet and in our society not only by receiving it, but also by giving it. It is this idea of receiving God's love and giving God's love. And to me, that's really powerful because what I realize is that I don't want to explore the same old things that we've always learned about love. And we do know the golden rule, which is very clear, you know, love God and love people. This is, this is the whole foundation. But I realize is that we find ourselves often in huge struggles with having um, a big, having a hard time giving God's love. And a lot of that is because we have a hard time receiving it. We have issues. And, and, and I think that even though we realize, and there's an awareness here, my goal this season for all of us is to allow, yes, Jesus loves me. Yeah. That awareness, that knowledge to move past our heads, past our hearts, even honestly, in a real way, into action, into what does that look like? Because the power of this scripture where he says, no one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us and his love is perfected in us. What he is saying 
essentially is the only way that God's love can be perfected here on earth is in partnership with us, mankind. That's powerful. He is saying his love is perfected, not just in supernatural encounters, not just in um, an emotional moment, but it is through the actions that we play out. God wants us to be the hands and feet uh, that he really describes of, of him, of his love. The Lord is inviting us in partnership with him. His love is not perfected on this earth without us. That's powerful to understand. It reminds me of a time where I was starting to do ministry and I went to talk to a therapist at a youth camp and I was just telling her because I had met, I meet with, I was meeting with her like once a year, kind of every time I would go to this youth camp. And I was just telling her a little bit about the ministry and how I was struggling with this or that. And she looked up at me and she said, wow, the Lord really trusts you. I think that was very humbling for me to even think that the Lord who knows every inch of my issues, every, all of my flaws, all of my insecurities would still have a level of love that would extend beyond all my flaws and trust me with lives, trust me with people, trust me with the words that he's given. And that's overwhelming. But understanding that he has created this world in such a way that the only way his love is going to ever be manifested fully and perfected fully on this earth is not just through him, but it's through us partnering with him. It is a central part of our salvation. And so what I think about that is the challenge that we face is that we tend to have a lot of issues in our lives, whether it be trauma. Um, A lot of us are walking around dwelling in disappointment, pain, regret, shame, and it can be really overwhelming. Not only does it mean that we don't feel love and we find ourselves not feeling loved, and questioning his love often, but it also means that there's hindrances in how we offer love and how we give love. We can see that in John 15, this is the apostle John earlier in his ministry where he was describing, or he was writing the encounter he had with Jesus as he was listening to Jesus' sermon. And he was in this particular passage, it says, um, I'll read chapter 15, verse nine of the gospel of John saying, as the father has loved me, So I have loved you. Abide in my love. These are the words of Jesus telling the people, telling the apostles and the people who were sitting there listening that he was true, that that because God's love first loved him, he is able, he says, let me say it again. God has loved me, so I have loved you. I love that God loved me, so I have loved. It's like a a direct link. And then he tells us to abide in his love. Now, the word abide is really powerful because it's not just like, like you go there and you visit. Abide is a place where you live, where you reside, where you stay. Like I go visit Dallas to go visit my family, but I live in L.A., right? I go visit places, but I live in LA. Like you can take a fish out of water, but a fish lives in water, abides in water, right? And so what what often happens to us is because of all these traumas and these other things, we find ourselves living in levels of disappointment, shame, and we don't find ourselves really abiding or living, swimming in God's love. And because of that, 
it becomes very challenging for us to do what God has asked us to do in being in perfecting his love here on earth by giving love and showing tangible, actionable steps, action steps that really show God's love in a supernatural way through very tangible things here on earth towards others. What I think that's very interesting is that I think that the, in this passage of chapter 15 of John, the word abide is, is mentioned at least nine times, which really emphasizes to me the, the, the idea that the Lord is saying that there's something to this living and dwelling in it. It's not just about rushing around and saying, oh, I, I had this one encounter last Sunday or I went to this one conference and I, I read this one scripture this one day and it really spoke to me. It's about living in it day in and day out and washing yourself in the knowledge of who he is and how he loves you and submitting those things, the sin, the pain, the heartache, the shame, the, the disappointment, the disappointment, the disappointment again and again and giving that to God. Because when we do that, then we can find ourselves really being able to be his hands and feet. One of the examples I've used recently in talking to someone was like sometimes some of us giving to organizations or giving to people or giving to people in need can be very challenging in finance because sometimes some of us live in a poverty mentality where we've struggled, not just like in a mentality like it's not a real space, like we've struggled. Some of us have have real instances of lack in our lives. And because we have struggled so much, there's a gap. And sometimes we question God's ability or his power or his willingness to love us in that area, thus making it really hard to give to others who may be undeserving, who may be, um, may, who, who may not be able to give back to us in any kind of way. And that can be very challenging, but that is a hindrance in, in God's love being perfected here on this earth. And so I think it's super powerful because where we abide will determine how we love others. Do we abide and live in this place of lack? Do we abide and live in this area of disappointment? Do we abide and live in the constant despair or shame? You know, when we find ourselves living in that, then it's hard for us to fully accept God's love. And I think one of the things, and I'll show, share a short story, is that it is impossible for God's love to be perfected in us without God's love living in us first. And there have been areas in our lives, I would say, that if, if you have a hard time loving someone who has done something or who has gone through something, or maybe it's really real, real stuff like neglect, pain, um, abuse, um, hurt, murder, molestation, all these things. When we have a hard time, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm digging into the big ones, loving people who have done these horrible things, I would venture to say that it reflects not just the evil that that person committed or someone else might have committed, but it reflects an area of lack and hurt that in our lives where we have not abided in God's love. I'll give you an example. A couple of years ago, I was faced with a very challenging circumstance where someone very close to me was violated by someone else who was um, in my family. And, and this older person um, took advantage of more than um, one of the young ones in my life. And um, I was very angry. I, um, that violation was more than I could bear. When I found out about it, I screamed. I wanted murder. I wanted um, 
I wanted to see the worst things happen to the person who hurt that my loved ones. And I was very conflicted. And the hard thing was that, that things were going to move forward to get this person arrested and all the, all the things that needed to happen. Um, and the things were moving forward, but as months progressed, um, the anger rested in me. The anger sat in me, the anger lived there. And, um, it was hindering my ability in a lot of areas to receive God, to receive God's love and to do anything else. And what I realized are like, my ministry was being hindered, you know, like my day to day was just like, hindered and like burdened by like hate and anger. And I remember um, talking to Avero, my friend, and we were sitting outside of, uh, I was after church and I was like, I don't know what to do. I'm just upset. Like nothing in the church, the ministries, the stuff is not coming in. It's like, nothing's affecting me. And she's like, you need to forgive. And I was like, this is hard. This is more or less what she said. She said it more graciously. It was hard for me because I knew that this person was not deserving of forgiveness. And um, and that is still true on some level. Um, I wrestled, though, and I cried out to God because I think it was clear for me not to think that forgiveness meant a continuing to allow it and people get off the hook for doing these horrible things. They still need to do to receive justice. And the Lord is honorable and he's a just God. Um, the Lord is a just father. Um, but I had to like ask God to learn how to forgive and love this person the way he did, the way, the way that God loves. <sighs> that was hard for me because when I think about that, I, I, I realized that my inability to do that was not just because he hurt me and my family or hurt people that I loved. Um, and I was angry and I felt violated, but there was this inability to allow God into this situation because there was an area in my heart that I had not allowed God in. And some of that was my own shame, my own mistakes that I never I never really um, allowed God into like I believed at one point in my life that there were areas of my life that were were embarrassing and God was so disappointed and I had messed up too bad in some sense you know what I mean and um these are the dark areas that that were not deserving of love these are the dark areas that nobody should see these are the dark areas that um that if I messed up or even if my thought went there to, to, to lean into that place of messing up, there would be a point of no return. And that scared me, I think. And um, realizing the compassion that the Lord has for each and every one of us as he pursues us kind of changed my perspective a little bit. And while I was still very hurt and very angry, by letting God's love into my broken place, by letting God's love into the fact that I've made horrible mistakes and there was still a grace as much as I cursed God in so many ways and, and doubted him and I was angry towards him. There was still a love and a compassion that he came chasing after me with. Whew. 
And while I wrestled for a while after that, there was a freedom that, that I had to even pray differently about this situation with this person. And, um, and I, I know this is not about completely saying that these people get off the hook for these horrible things that they've done to us. But, um, it reminds me of like a saying, I forget who says it. It was like, it's, um, holding these things is like, like us drinking poison and hoping it hurts someone else. There is a freedom that we must come to terms with, with the Lord and saying, God, my inability to give my inability to love and forgive is not just rooted in all these outside circumstances, but it's rooted in something that I haven't let you into in my life. And so if we, and that's part of the series, as we move into this place where we want to be the hands and feet of Christ, we want to be the ones who are, who are, it's through us, because that's what God wants for us. He wants his love perfected here on earth through us, right? If we want to be able to be the ones who love without expecting anything back, we want to be those people who pour and give and, and have no, no worries about if we're going to get it back, no fear of lack. We want to be those people. We have to be honest about the areas in our hearts that we have not submitted. How are we, what are we abiding in? What are we living and resting in that's not God's love? Because God's love is perfect. It's perfect. And so with that, I hope that you're encouraged. And I would ask you, where does your spirit live? What are you abiding in? Are there areas in your life that you have not let the Lord into? I pray that you find them. I know for some of you, it is your finances. For some of you, it is not forgiving that person who hurt you. And for, other, for others of you, it's the shame of the things that you've done that, hit, like, that wants you to find a shame in others or doesn't feel worthy. You don't feel worthy of God's love. And I tell you now, that he loves you. So I pray that you are blessed. I pray that God's love floods you. I pray that you are encouraged even throughout this season to find ways to love others. That as we partner together, you can, you can find a way to allow God's love to be perfected in you. And one of those ways, not to be like in a shameless plug, but this Saturday and every Saturday throughout the fall, we're going to be having We See You Kitchen. So um, if you want to learn more, go to our website. You can message us there. You can email us. You can also meet us and find us on Instagram. And we will be happy to answer any of your questions and get you or even your church involved. If you have people in your family that you would like to bring out, we've had fa families, mothers and daughters go out, into, go out and pass out food and pray for people. So you're more than welcome to join us. And please stay tuned. If you haven't subscribed, subscribe to this YouTube channel. You don't want to miss any of these love messages. We're going to be having one new every week. And remember, until we arise, what in our lives, in our families, in our communities, and in our world won't change until we arise.